Good evening, everybody. This is Shane Douglas Keene, back from the dead, and I am here with my partner in crime, Rich Duncan, and tonight we have our special guest, the ghost of my dead dog, down here on the floor at my feet. Um, how's it going, Rich? Pretty good. How's it going, Herb? <laughs> <laughs> A little inside joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, it's going good, man. It's, it, I'm happy to have you back. I've been looking forward to this all week. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good to be back, I think. Um, <laughs> well, after you take that long of a break, it's kind of a, that first time back is kind of a skip and a record sort of thing, you know, it's like, you got to find, you got to find the groove back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can only imagine. Um, But I think that's why this episode is going to be so great, since we're just uh, doing a solo show with uh, no... It's just the two of us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just the two of us. We have extra shows in the can. So if we royally fuck this up or say something that we really don't give a shit if we say to each other but don't want anyone else to hear... We can just fucking not run it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's the way I looked at it. A nice excuse to uh, yeah. to sit in the closet and drink some beers. <laughs> I, I would challenge something, somebody to do something um, more offensive than some of the shit that's been done on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's true. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's definitely been some great, uh, great moments, but offensive in the way that I don't think it was um, like offensive to anyone personally. Just uh, some of the topics like dick spiders, lovelorn skunks, a whole cornucopia of topics. Yeah. Um, don't forget those chainsaws. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, that one was definitely I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah, that was a brutal fucking story. That horrified me. <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah. And you said that while laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That uh, you know, that's what I like about doing these, um, doing this show. Like ever since we started, is you know we have like these super serious conversations with people about their books and about writing, mm-hmm. but then very often it all it. Like you start to forget. It all goes it's not... to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna put it more like, you know, a kind of you kind of forget you're doing an interview and it's more like just a conversation. But yeah, I guess that's definitely more accurate. <laughs> Shane opens his fucking mouth and it switches from a serious conversation to a clown show. <laughs> no, no, I I don't think it's that. Uh, it's, but like you know that's it's funny um like when that's when those things come up like those unexpected topics and they're either just fun or like there's there's times i've been laughing so hard like i thought i was gonna pass out in here <laughs> oh i know there have been times that that 
myself and Laurel and the other guests have sat here for a little bit of time while you were trying to breathe again. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, when when you start laughing in such a small enclosed space as this, you know, yeah, tend to use up pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't have any oxygen. Your brain <laughs> kind of gets giddy anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> He's been <sighs> suffering from heat stroke. Oxygen yeah. deprivation and <laughs> alcohol poisoning. <laughs> yeah, it's a vicious combo. That's <laughs> like week, the bar the weekend cocktail. <laughs> yeah, well, that's like the bar down the road. Um, you know, back in the before times, um, not just before COVID, but also you know before I became a dad. Um, when I used to go to the bar down the road all the time. <clears throat> It was, it would get hot in there in the summer. Like they had air conditioning, but it would barely, you know, kick on, make a difference. And I'd be in there just pounding drinks. It was uh, technically a cigar bar, so people could smoke in there. And it's just like a haze. And I would always feel fine. But the second I stepped outside into that fresh air and started to walk home, <laughs> it, it, it was just like a shift where it all hits you oh, at yeah. once and yeah, that's kind of the feeling the, i get you walk from the warm to the cold and <laughs> yeah and that's kind of the feeling i get when i step out of this closet after saturday <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know there's been a couple of times that you've said good night on a saturday night and what you meant was good night because you never spoke again on absolutely yeah like there was that time there was that one time i uh and i won't say in case i use this story again but like afterwards i was like oh yeah i'm just gonna go downstairs real quick and then i'll you know i'll talk to you on discord and then i walked downstairs got a little woozy and ended up passing out on the couch down there for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, dude, you need if you're going to embrace your alcoholism, you need to practice. <laughs> yeah. I don't ever wake up that way. <laughs> or fall asleep that way. <laughs> that was the first time that had happened to me in a long time. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, yeah. So here's the thing, man. Speaking of um, unexpected topics, like you mentioned, um, Ankeist is three years old. Yeah, I, I and that just kind of quietly slipped past. Yeah, and you know what? I think part of it is because I know we had talked about it earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the weird, the weird formation of it like the way we had handled it um because like we did kind of like a pre-announcement i think on like april 8th or you know one of those days and then but then we didn't officially launch until a couple days later (laughs) what are you talking about oh yeah okay got you that's right yeah on the time we, there. It's like, wait, yeah. are we talking about the same fucking thing? <laughs> yes. Rich can actually think in time and dimensional space. <laughs> I'm a very linear thinker. It's like, I'm right here, motherfucker. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I remember we were too excited. Um, so we did yeah, that little pre-announcement without officially naming it. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, 
it's close enough for hand grenades, you know. So Yeah, and what a what a three years it's been, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, it's been hell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it I mean it, think it's, about it. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I don't remember what I was going to tell you to think about, so I'll uh, think about it. <laughs> I was just going to say it's funny because, you know, it started off, and it was a little different because we did a couple different features and things like that. But, you know, for our longtime listeners who are probably sick of hearing it, um, you know, it's just funny how it went from basically us just kind of merging our two blogs together. I mean, not officially because we kind of just started doing something new under this name but it was essentially like yeah let's bring our two sites together and then it launched into something totally new thanks to TAF and now Mm -hmm. we've done uh, and you probably have a better hold on the numbers than I do but well over a hundred episodes of this podcast now um yeah I would have to actually go and look it up, but you've got at least 1.5 times more than that. Yeah. So. And, and it's crazy because when you think about it, you know, two people who were relatively shy and nervous about, you know, doing this kind of thing, like having like live conversations or whatever, um, you know, to think that we've come all this way, yeah. <laughs> like being able to host a show. I know. I never knew what a fucking narcissistic egomaniac I was until I actually started doing it. I was terrified of it. <laughs> it's like, hey, that's pretty cool. People are listening to me. Three of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, you're right, though. It was a that was a wall to break through, and and that actually, John kind of we kind of owe a debt of gratitude there because he forced us to break through that fucking wall yeah so that's going to be audio right (laughs) yeah uh uh, 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 yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it's and you know it's funny like i was um this is a little teeny tiny spoiler for one of our episodes um the one that's going to be going up Well, that will be out before this one by the time people hear it with Mackenzie, where I kind of mentioned to her after the interview, I think, you know, about how I actually went to journalism school. And when you think about the fact of like where I was at certain points in my life with, you know, feeling comfortable talking to other people, it just kind of blows my mind that A, I went down that route and B, that, you know, I'm even sitting here doing this because I think prior to starting in Keist, I, I never, I never would have even conceived of doing something like this. I would have listened to other people's and been like, that's cool. I wish I could do that, but I don't think I ever would have. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's been a pretty, a pretty cool experience so far. Um, and we definitely owe him some drinks in the future. Yeah, or he owes us some. I mean, because think, <laughs> think about how many times we've sat here and listened to that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. We should, like, because one oh, thing I, 
Yeah, one thing I pride ourselves in is on, like, the kind of guests and the different guests we get on this show. But I do think it would be funny to, like, start kind of like a battle pool between guests we've had on multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) Champion. Right. Right now, yeah, right now it would be between Taff and Kiesling. Yeah. Almost, (laughs) Almost certainly. No, definitely. It would be between those two. And I think Kiesling would beat him by about two. Yeah, I do I do know that he's uh the tap is itching to get back on here. I think maybe he knew he was starting to lose his crown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get him back on here soon. He's gonna have some <laughs> things to talk about and uh we're gonna wanna talk about those things. So and no, I'm not going to say shit about those things because he would <laughs> cut my balls off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, I, I still can't believe it's been it's been three years. The time flies. Seems like we just yeah. started it up. Um, well, yeah, that was when you said it's been three years. It was like okay. <laughs> How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But it, it was definitely, it was definitely. Even though I think at this point now, it probably ties what I had done with like the horror bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of experiences, it is far, far surpassed. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a lot better. You know, having other people whereas like before it was just me and like Mm -hmm. you know i had some interactions and stuff but and i enjoyed doing it but if you if you were to kind of do like a bar graph of the fun levels between us doing what we do with ink heist and then what i did with the hard bookshelf it (laughs) you'd see like a barely visible sliver for the hard bookshelf and like a huge bar for ink heist yeah, that's the same here. I mean, although I mean, Shotgun Logic did me didn't do me any harm, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I it definitely got me out of my shell and actually trying to interact with people in a human sort of way, which was a issue of mine that I needed to do, you know. And then um, forcing myself to become more a member of certain communities on social media and then us joining together. It's like, it's all a process of kind of coming out of a shell I needed to come out of, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good way to put it. But, uh, but yes, but what I found is that as a writer, I spend a whole big chunk of time in a fucking vacuum, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And you don't, it's not lonely, but it's very alone when you're doing that, you know. So this is kind of, this is kind of a relief, you know, to come to this and just sit and chill and talk to really, really, really smart authors like you're even a fourth as smart as they are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, this, it's the difference between being at work in a cubicle and being in a bar after work with a fucking kamikaze in your hand, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I couldn't have put it any better than that. Um, 
and you know like you like i had the same kind of process in terms of like uh coming out of my shell and sometimes it's it's still not easy for me but it's definitely a lot easier than it was (laughs) yeah yeah i'm not i guess you know by 56 and i think you'll be the same way most people are i just don't give a shit (laughs) it makes it a lot easier to be extroverted Mm -hmm. so (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and too like um you know to be able you know it's been like this for a while but you know the fact that with something like this the podcast or you know anything twitter or anything else like not to mention you know friends that we have made and interacted with in terms of like finding your tribe, so to speak, but just all the guests that we've had on the show, like to think about like before we had started this or, you know, like I had read like some of our guests, I read their books before I even had like a review site. And the fact that, you know, they were willing to come on the show and then, you know, with things like Skype and everything to be able to, sit there and talk to them not just about the craft of writing but to just kind of get to know them as people like it's mind-blowing and also like extremely extremely cool like something that i definitely don't take for granted because you know even though some of them you know we've built relationships with um you know even even still you know i'm I am, and I'm sure you are, you know, we're just fans at heart. So to be like, you want to come on the show and then to be able to just have like a genuine interaction with them. Yeah. It's great. It, it always floors me. It's like, I'm never afraid to ask someone to come on the show and I don't give a fuck who they are, you know, because I'm not mm-hmm. star starstruck that much, you know? Um, and because I know that the only thing that can happen is they can say no and I can say fine fuck you and move on to the next <laughs> guest to ask, you know, and yeah, you know. <laughs> but um but it always surprises me with some of them who say yes that you think wouldn't even give you the fucking time of day, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's no. Like, I, it's I like fuck it, I'll try, you know, like all <laughs> makatsu. Yeah. You know? Uh, she's a a powerhouse of a writer, and I thought for sure there's no way we could get this author on our podcast. And she just immediately, yeah, sure, I'd love to, you know, and mm-hmm. just like that. Uh, she's got a new book coming out called uh, Red Widow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which, which uh, sounds pretty exciting. It's kind of like everything she does is something different than the things she did before. And that's what makes her such an exciting author to me. Um, it's kind of a, a, you know, kind of Mallerman's the same way, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I feel the same way, um, in terms of like, you know, everything's different and that's, Mm -hmm. and you know, I don't, cause you know, I like a wide variety of things and, you know, I know this isn't what you meant, but, like, it's just funny how, like, you know, I'm a fan of writers who, you know, their stories are different, but they kind of have, like, a um, a thread. Yeah, and then, 
but I also am like really fascinated by those writers who will like put out one thing and it could be, you know, massively successful. So you're like, Oh, okay. I have kind of a feel for, you know, what they're going for, you know, what their future books may be like. And I love like when they'll take that kind of like risk and they'll just like slap you across the face with something like totally different. Like to me, that is like I know some people like will get like mad and they'll be like you know what the hell this isn't what I you know quote unquote signed up for, but I love that stuff. Yeah. Um. I had a segue out of that too and I don't remember what it was. Oh, just but going back to that talking about almost new book that she's got coming out. Um, there's a few that are exciting. Um, Caitlin Starling. Yeah, one coming out, and we have her coming on the show not too long from now, but I don't Mm. remember what the name of the book is. It's The Death of Someone. Uh, I think it's, I was going to say Sarah Lawrence, but I could be wrong. I know it's something Lawrence. Yeah. Yep, it's The Death of a Girl with the Last Name of Lawrence. (laughs) And I'll be real embarrassed if it ends up not being a last right. name of Lawrence. Right. It's, it's <laughs> totally not the title at all. She'll hear this and go, what the fuck are they on? Like, for my defense, Caitlin, you'll appreciate it. I've been smoking a lot of weed today. <laughs> yeah, and I'm hitting the beer. But I, I looked it up really fast, and it's the death of Jane Lawrence. So we were yeah. pretty close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was Jane, but I wasn't sure about the Lawrence part because the J and the L, the J and the Lawrence part had me going all Jennifer Lawrence, you know. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Not not yeah. that I'm a huge fanboy or anything, but that just the initials. <laughs> my my brain does shit like that sometimes. You know, grab something out of the air and translates it into something else for me, even though I didn't fucking ask it to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the point is, there's a lot of really super exciting stuff coming out. Um, Oh, yeah. And there's been a lot of really super fucking great uh, poetry released this year, too. Um, And in the Mm -hmm. last few years, and... um, it is National Horror or National Poetry Month, which is why I bring that up. Um, and call that the worst segue any Irishman ever attempted <laughs> on the air. Um, I don't think it was that bad. <laughs> don't beat yourself up too bad. But uh, <sighs> we have some really, 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 really super accomplished poets in the horror community. You know, and it's kind of like, you know, here's a good time to start thinking about, you know, if you haven't read some of these guys, you know, it's a good month to unfuck that, you know, give a little love to um, the the people, you know, as authors who are also amazing, um, amazing poets, you know, and some of them are widely available and some not so much, but um and really, I can't. I'm sitting here trying to pull them off the top of my head, and I can pull four or five, and every single one of them is a woman. I can't think of any men. Oh, 
Um, yeah. And not to cut you off too bad, but that's what I was going to ask you, um, you know, because you know me, like I've read some and it's something mm-hmm. that I'm interested in learning more about. And I was just going to ask you, you know, if you had any, um, you know, not necessarily favorites, but ones that you really enjoy and like maybe one's poets that you think, you know, don't quite get the recognition that they deserve. Hmm. Well, I mean, there are poets who I think should be, you know, at laureate level that don't get the recognition. But, you know, I mean, you've got people in our community, uh, Sarah Tantlinger. She is an exceptionally mm-hmm. talented poet. Um, um, Cena Paleo, sorry, Cynthia Paleo, mm-hmm. you know, um, these all are... Uh, they're well known within our micro community, but in the overall community, at, you know, and in the world at large, they should be a lot more well known. Um, Linda Addison, you know, how dare I forget her? I would have to self-flagellate myself for three hours straight. I th- at first, I thought you were going to say kick your own ass, but... <laughs> <laughs> No, self-flagellating is much more dramatic. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You you made the better call there. <laughs> it pulls better visuals out, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, it's but, funny. Since I started putting stories out there and actually having the guts to keep writing them, um, mm-hmm. some of the most twisted shit I've ever thought of in my life travels through my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and randomly without being invited. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. that is fucking sick. I need to write that down. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And yeah, you know, like I said, I'm I'm kind of a novice to uh, poetry, yeah. but it's something yeah. I, especially since you know talking to you about it and like just hearing your passion for it um has made me start reading it more and um you know like uh uh cynthia paleo's collection into the forest and all the way through i'm sure that the title like i read that sitting right here in front of me oh okay yeah i i read that and um you know like i (laughs) I can't even really put in the words like how much I love that book. Like, you know, it's such a heartbreaking collection because it's it's based on, you know, real people. Um, but she does a great job with kind of how she handles it and kind of, you know, puts a light on, you know, the overall issue that, you know, is occurring in society of, you know, how women are treated, you know, mm especially you know in various different communities and how like some of these cases maybe didn't get you know the recognition yeah. deserved. um but yeah it was like i read it and you know to this day like you know a lot of people like to break things into like categories because you know it's just natural like okay this is my favorite book this is my favorite novella this is my favorite right that out of any piece of like written work 
literature um mm. like that i think that one's gonna stick with me the longest mm. um and yeah it's it's so great and um you know it's yeah. nominated for a stoker and i am it deserves I one am, too yeah i am i've got both fingers crossed and i'm just you know super That's pulling a, for, don't, don't do that that's a jinx you can't have both of them crossed just okay preferably I, your, your primary hand all right, then I'll just cross that one because that's <laughs> my yeah, that's what my fucking grandma told me. So don't argue with me. I was no, <laughs> I wasn't going to. I was just gonna say I didn't know that because I definitely don't want to jinx it because, like I said, it's it, it's amazing and it's it um, definitely I'm pulling for her. I am too. Uh, that that book is. I don't. I don't even know how to say. It's kind of like you start reading those poems um and i mean they're kind of heart stories you know they 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 mm-hmm. break your heart but it's be, it's because she brings the tragedy home to you you know she puts it right in your lap and says hey look at this shit you know but she does it so fucking eloquently it makes me want to cry <laughs> yeah <laughs> Because why can't I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, yeah, there's, you know, and um, I haven't had the opportunity to read a lot of Sarah Tantlinger yet, but um, what I have read of her is absolutely brilliant. Um, And, you know, all of the others that I've mentioned, I've read a lot of Linda's work and... um, what can you say? There's a reason why she's a four-time Bram Stoker winner, you know, um, yeah. and and also you know Grandmaster of the SFPA, and I mean she's all the things that she's got going good in her life. She she owned and bought, you know. Mm-hmm. So I got it's just and Stephanie Stephanie Witovich, how could I forget her? Yeah, I, my, I was just going to mention. We, <laughs> Stephanie, I love you. Um, I have been smoking some weed, so <laughs> I would have got around to it. I, I, if not, I would have come back and recorded it in like I did get around to it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like you, when you did that, like I was literally just about to mention like, um, because like that was one collection I liked us. Cynthia Playos, and also like I had gotten a copy of The Apocalyptic Mannequin by uh, Stephanie. Uh-huh. And I really love that one. Um, I, I got to pick up other ones of hers, but you know, it's interesting because you know, like my kind of journey with it to where like I had read some of it in like school and stuff, and kind of like what I the way I was taught it kind of mm-hmm. informed like how I saw it. But then, like I said, talking to you about it, hearing your passion for it, reading um your own poems, which you know you know how much I enjoy those and love those, it made me you know kind of seek out seek out other poets. And like when I would read when I read some of these, like um the apocalyptic mannequin, and then uh since cynthia's book um you know i realized like what i was missing and just kind of like the imagery that you know is people are able to evoke through poetry and you know i i love it and you know i look forward to 
exploring more of it. And that's kind of why I was glad that you had, you know, brought up this topic and also, you know, kind of mentioned, you know, poets that you like. Um, yeah, a lot of, you know, I mean, a lot of them in our community, a lot of them outside of the community. Um, and then others, you know, like Bianca X, who is her own community. Mm-hmm and deserves to be, you know, she's fucking fantastic. Um, oh, too many, you know. Mm. Um, and it's, I've, uh, forgot what I was going to say. It was something about this book right next to me, but I'm not going to mention it now that I don't know what I'm going to say about it. So Darn, darn. Now, <laughs> now I'm curious because I'm like, what book is it? because you know me i i can't let that shit go people are like oh i read this good book and then they're like oh i can't remember the title or and i'm like well just tell me what it's about i'll i'll do some google detective work uh this this one that i'm talking about was a a gift that i gave myself out of uh Mm. what one of our uh whatever they call those fucking checks i guess they call them relief or something but they don't Ah, yeah yeah it didn't relieve anything, but I got to spend some money. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I, this is one of the things that I did was uh, pick up a copy of The Essential Neruda. So, you know, um, which is obviously to anyone who's familiar with poetry, uh, Pablo Neruda, who, I don't know, is just one of the greatest fucking poets who've ever, who ever lived, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember what I was going to say about the book. But... Well, I, I think the way you kind of just described it then, um, that I'm not sure where you what you were going to say, but that's a pretty goddamn good endorsement, I would say. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a, he's a favorite poet, especially as far as romantics go. Um, but and not really a lot of confessionalists from back in that era so you mm. know his aren't all but some of them border right on confessionalism um which was extremely rare and what i mean by that is like when you're reading like stephanie Witovich, um her poetry is very confessional that's i'm mm. sure she would probably identify as that herself um, she, cause she's one of those poets who does that silly thing that I do and cuts herself open and bleeds to make a piece of art, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you get on the paper, you know, is, is raw and real and dark and mean and beautiful, you know? Mm-hmm. And sorry, I'm rambling in my chain of thought now. Oh no, that's <laughs> cool. So it's kind of like um, your turn to talk because I forgot what I was going where I was going with that. I think I was done. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, no. Sorry, and sorry if I messed you up, but I was just like, I thought I thought it was you know interesting. So like I said, I I don't know a lot about it, so I like learning about it. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. Oh, if I, was, I remember now. All right, yeah, go ahead. Is um, it's um, dual language. 
so it's got the Spanish and the oh, yeah. English side by side. And I fucking love that. I love being able to look at because even if you don't understand what you're reading necessarily, and I do understand probably a third of it, mm-hmm. um, it's visually pleasing. You know, when you read the words that you're reading and look over and see what they look like in the Spanish, you know, and try to imagine what those sounds are, it's mm-hmm. it's a really pleasing experience to me to do that, you know, and it's also the reason I can understand about a third of it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man, if uh, you don't speak another language or you do, either way, read both sides of the page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my my opinion, you know, you pick up so much just from it, intaking it with your eyes and your mind, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm drifting, but it's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of like how I picked up reading was just, you know, seeing my yeah. sister fucking around with her flashcards and stealing her flashcards and doing it myself, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, because you just start picking up on, you know, what the what they look like rather than what they sound like first. So then when you start getting those sounds associated with them, um, you start understanding what it is you're writing. And at least for me, I, I learned in that very weird way that I just described to you. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I I um I don't remember how I uh how I learned but what you said yeah it it makes total sense I mean and I can I can see how that would be that would be a cool experience kind of seeing it that way um you said one on one side one on the other so you can like get the different like rhythms maybe isn't the right word but like you know you could just kind of like pick up on you know, like the feeling of the other one, even if you don't necessarily know how to read it. Yeah. Well, there's a, there is, you know, most people don't think about it. Even I don't know other poets maybe don't either. They might, but there is a visual aspect to poetry, you know, at least with Mm -hmm. mine that I, you know, it's not like it's a great secret or anything, but, um, all of my poems are shaped, the way they're shaped because they're supposed to be shaped that way, you know? And yeah. Look like that. So yeah, it's good to see it even if you can't understand it. But mm-hmm. it's also just good to experience it, you know? I mean, I think about Gabino Iglesias's Zero Saints, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. that was just fucking beautiful. And he had so many people come out and dude, I couldn't understand this shit. I was like, yeah, well, you fucking weren't supposed to, man. I couldn't understand your language when I got here either. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I am rambling very, very much tonight. I'm sorry. No, no, it's it's cool, man. Like I said, it I think it's a great discussion, you know, especially for... I think it's a good discussion to have for people, you know, who might have been like, you know, I want to kind of get into maybe not even just horror poetry, but just poetry in general. But maybe they don't know where to start or, you know, they feel like, you know, you know, like I did, like I forget who I was talking to, but I kind of mentioned like the way 
the reason it's taken me so long to, you know, go that extra mile and seek that stuff out is because the way they, the way they taught us about it in school, like, mm-hmm. and, you know, I get that it's important where they're like, okay, this is the structure of this. And this is the structure of that. Like, and I get that that's important, but the way they kind of taught it and the stuff that they kind of showed us, like yeah. it kind of it took that excitement that I may have had for it kind of away because I'm like, uh, you know, like I would have to try and write my own and they'd be like, we want you to write it based yeah. in kind of form, which again, you know, I guess it's kind of like fiction writing kind yeah. of need to understand the rules and the foundations, but it kind of like any well, in a way, in a way, yeah, I guess, I guess I, mostly though, I don't agree. Yeah. Um, because I, I learned in the opposite order. It's like I know all the structures. I know all the technique, you know, and the theory behind everything now. Not behind everything, I don't think. But um, mm-hmm. but it, but when I learned it, it was by choice after I had already been writing poetry for more than a decade. So and I wasn't I wasn't a bad poet for being a young, angry idiot who didn't have anything <laughs> intelligent to say, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, like, that that's the one thing that I kind of regret is, like I said, you know, if they kind of almost, like, beat any curiosity I may have had about it out of me. But now, like I said, talking to you and, like, when we had Bianca X on and, you know, Cynthia talked about her poetry and, you know, reading po- reading these other poets, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, this is something I really enjoyed and, you know... You know, it took me how many years to kind of, you know, take that first step. And I think part of it, like I said, the rule thing where I was like, and it kind of just got rid of it is, you know, like I'm very, I'm very kind of like DIY minded. That's why I always Mm -hmm. bring up those like, oh, yeah, like I think I've said like 50 times on the show about like, oh, yeah, horror and punk music. But like that's kind of the mindset I operate with. And like a lot of things that I've done is like, I'm just going to like, okay, I understand the yeah. rules are important and stuff, but I just want to fucking do it. Yeah. And like, you know, like, like you said, all these poets um, and yourself, like I said, I love, I love your poetry. And it seems like you kind of have that mindset is to where it's like, I'm just going to kind of write what yeah. I feel. I'm going to structure it how I want to structure it. And that yeah. is what is exciting to me, and I wish I had that earlier. I have a philosophy, actually, and it was one that I first heard termed this way by uh, Tiffany McDaniel, I'm pretty sure. Um, and uh, remind me of our subject, Rich, goddammit. Uh, it was your philosophy, kind of about... Uh, poetry like how i was saying i like seeing like all these poets who you know it's clear they understand kind of like the rules but that they're kind of just doing their own thing with it yeah that still does nothing for me it'll come back it was important to me yeah but um yeah like and you know what it's it's kind of interesting and i'm glad like i said that we're having this um you know, like this deep discussion about it, because I feel like a lot of people 
Um, like there's a lot of people who already love it, but there's probably a lot of people out there who, you know, were like yeah. me that had preconceived notions. Okay. And it's not that I hated it, but shut up for yeah. a second because I just remembered. Gotcha. <laughs> um, something that I had kind of already discovered about myself trying to write um, a novella with, with someone um, was that. I try to plan and outline and, you know, timeline and whatnot and all that crap. And I felt like I blew my creativity doing that stuff. And when I'd sit down to write, it was like, yeah, I already talked about all this shit already, you know. Mm -hmm. And that was then I was talking to, I'm sure it was Tiffany now, um, because she does nothing. She says she thinks of a title and a first sentence and she's golden. (laughs) yeah and um but the reason was just that's how she put it is she feels like when she tries to outline or brainstorm ahead of time you know that sort of stuff it just doesn't work for her personality and i think that's just what i've found out about me too is that it doesn't work for my personality you know and i don't know that it would really work for anybody with ADHD because who the fuck can focus on an outline? I can't focus on my signature half the time, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and I'm gonna, I'm sorry right now if this is like, if, cause like, I know sometimes it's like a jinx and I know it's new, but like the, like the process that you ended up finding for yourself with like fiction, would you be interested in telling people about that? Cause I think it's really cool or no. And it's um, okay. If no, we can strike it. Like not necessarily like the nuts no. and bolts, but okay. No, that's, that's fine. I'm not, I had, like I said, no great secrets. Um, same source. I learned that from, um, and that is that I kept getting coming up against walls with the novel that I'm working on. And um, I had the, the, it, the novel for Backstory is based on a poem I first wrote. You read it. Mm-hmm. Which, um, and I had shared it with her and she said, you should unfold that and, you know, turn it into story. So, you know, it's like okay, you know, here I go, and that's what I'm doing. But I discovered along the way that that's also a great way for me to plan my story because I sit there without the hindrance of um, the hindrance of um, quantity, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know. And it's a thing, like I say, for someone with a trouble with their attention span, I can jot an entire fucking story down and then turn around and then like she said unfold it and turn it into an actual story you know i mean you saw mm-hmm. with, the, with the one that i'm not going to mention right now you saw that yeah. what, what the original looked like mm-hmm. you know? and that was just a, a bad poem but it was a good fucking story you know <laughs> yeah yeah well i don't think it was a bad poem though i and that's why I wanted to ask you about it is because, like, I thought it was so cool because, you know, kind of ha- like and for a lot of reasons, I thought it was cool. For one, you know, everyone has to find their own process that works for them. 
but I think you sharing like kind of how you developed it and kind of your approach to it, I, I'm pretty certain there's going to be at least one person who stumbles across this episode and that that little bit of you know advice and hearing how it worked for you and why it worked for you there's going to be at least one person maybe not tomorrow but at some point that's going to find this episode and it's going to be a game changer for them too um but i also think it was cool because the way like you said you started it as a poem and then i i saw it every step of the way i liked it as the poem and then what it became and it was kind of cool because like you kind of used it as an outline but i also feel like it's almost its own separate piece of art even though it, you use that to eventually create the story and it's technically a part of it but i i even though they're kind of parts you know the same thing they're like related i guess you know i kind of saw them as like two different like pieces of art basically even though it was the same story which i i i just thought that was like an incredibly fascinating thing well yeah and it's kind of the opposite of something that uh, bianca x said to us when she was on our show the first time and that is that poetry is a macrocosm condensed to a microcosm and that it's a story condensed to the smallest possible form it can be other than a photo in mm-hmm. a film. Um, and so it's kind of like, why not the why not the opposite? You know, I've thought about it a lot, and it's kind of like, that's kind of what I'm doing, yeah. is taking the microcosm and turning it into, you know, like, like she said, you know, turning it into a full story. Mm-hmm. But... It, it works for my brain, so I take it, you know. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like and like I said, everyone finds their own process, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of glad that you were willing to talk about it. Because, um, like, I know some people, like, they'll talk about their process mm-hmm. a little bit and stuff, but I, I guarantee you there's going to be someone that listens yeah. to this, and it's going to be a game changer for them. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think that's one thing, you know, I will say to anyone who's starting out as either thing, you know, a poet or anything, really, poet, fiction writer, you know, visual artist, you know, painter, musician, whatever the fuck you may be, um, ask people better than you what their process is and try mm-hmm. them and try their processes, you know, and you'll, you'll, you find as you do that, that some parts stick and really work with for you and some parts don't you know mm-hmm. and i mean because that's that's what i did and you know what we've done on the podcast every time we have an author on you know what's your process yeah. and um it's actually taught taught me a lot about um workflow i guess is the term i don't know yes yeah. that's, that's so unpoetic the workflow (laughs) yeah no but i know what you mean though (laughs) so well but yeah no that you know i'm glad i'm glad that we uh like i said we talked about this like i really i really enjoyed you know learning more about like the craft of it for one thing um and 
poets that I didn't already know. Yeah. Um, that's one of my favorite things is discovering new poets that I think are brilliant that I haven't actually read before. And it happens all the time, regardless mm-hmm. of how, you know, I mean, I couldn't begin to tell you how much poetry I've read in my life, but there's still more to get through than I'll get through in my life, too. Yeah. And I do that every single day. I'll go to look something up about one poem or another poem, and there will be some sideline thing or something that says, people who like this, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, and then there I am fucking... Down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But so yeah, our digital, our digital hell has sometimes got its uh, got its good points. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That um, you know, for a lot of things, kind of like how you described with like uh, poetry, like that whole like. Oh, people who like this also like this, or like people who search for the, like. I cannot tell you how many times, you know, it can be dangerous because I all I often have the tendency to just like I'll be like, oh, this sounds cool, and then like I just start branching off from that. Like you know, you might start with novel novel X, we'll call it. And then it'll be like, oh, people who like this also like this. And then I'll jump to that and I'll be like, oh, that book sounds awesome as hell. Mm-hmm. Let me then go look at the synopsis for every single book that's under this customers also like. Right. Or under book. the or under one of the yeah. author's names. <laughs> yeah. And then like it just creates like this. Uh, multi-branched thing where the next thing you know it's three hours later my eyes are glazed over and i have a list of like 50 books that i want to pick up yeah my problem is when i'm doing that i'm also hitting i have an add-on on my on my web browser that shows me whether my fucking library has an electronic copy of the book or not that i'm looking at on on amazon Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I look someone up on Amazon. Thank God, I really want to read that book. That's the first thing I look at. Is it there? <laughs> you know, and it almost always is because we have an extensive library system. Um, but I end up with like fucking forty-five, fifty fucking electronic books checked out to my fucking Kindle. <laughs> You know, and, you know, Mr. ADHD, I don't ever end up reading a fucking one of them. (laughs) I get about halfway through the loan and start feeling guilty that someone else might want to read it. So I don't put it back. Yeah. You know what, though? Like, that's the thing, because I feel like and. This is gonna come. This is gonna sound weird coming out of my mouth. Dude, and like, you're just fucking that, weird. So that <laughs> that is true. But like libraries, like just I think they like people don't like talk about them enough and just like what they provide. But like I can't tell you how great books I've discovered that way. Um, and just invaluable. I mean, because too like. The fact that you're able to, 
like check out so many different things. Like I think you're more apt to check out stuff that might be a little bit outside of the norm for you because you're, you know, you're able to check it out for a little yeah. bit. And you can, you you're more willing to kind of take chances. And yeah. libraries are just great in general. But yeah, and I'm you know it's kind of like you know I'm also fun to challenge ninety percent of the time you know, and mm-hmm. that's another thing that's so great about libraries you know um, is that can you imagine if you were you know dirt poor and I'm not quite that down to that you know, low below the poverty line, but where you literally could not buy even a fucking used book, you couldn't afford it, you know, um, and there was no such yeah. thing as a library, you know, how fucking, what a fucking torture that would be, you know, what a tragedy, <laughs> you know, yeah. so yeah, yeah, everything they do is fucking beautiful, but that's the number one thing right there is making sure that everybody can read, you know, Ex- yeah, uh, exactly. exactly so yeah man you'll always get me with the library love thing because I have huge love for I basically fucking raised myself in libraries yeah I used to skip school and go to the fucking libraries (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I man that that was probably the formative experience for me um, was going to my local library. Um, like, you know, and I think that's kind of what made me such an avid reader. Like my parents always encouraged it. Um, my mom would take me there at least twice a week. Um, but like, that's pretty much even what got me started to horror. Like a lot of times I say goosebumps, which, you know, it was, and my mom would get me those, but a big part of like my interests were from things I got at the library. Like I cannot tell you how many fricking books I checked out on like Roswell and other UFO cases and <laughs> fricking Loch Ness monster, Bigfoot, any cryptid, any kind of weird shit you could think of. There's a pretty good chance that elementary school and middle school aged rich was checking that shit out of the library. <laughs> Like, five at a time. Yeah. I didn't, you know, we've had the conversation before, but we didn't have the luxury of too many books like that when I was growing up. Um, They were, um, you know, but then you're my fucking children's age, so that's, you know, (laughs) to be expected. I know a lot of the books you guys talk about because I read them to my children. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I read them. Some books you read with your children. Some books you just read to your children. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Because they yeah. want you to, you know. Dad, will you read it? Well, I don't fucking want to. But of course, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know what's you know what's funny is that like I would I still love those mm-hmm. um, books, but like I think they're what you would call like middle grade which, you know, nothing yeah. against that. The same time that I was reading those, I was also, like I said, those books I was checking out, I can't remember any of the titles because mm-hmm. it was so long ago and I read so many. But, like, I would be, I would say, because I was always an avid reader and a fast reader, faster than I am now. But I would read a Goosebumps book in, like, a day. 
And then, like, I'd be like, okay, that's done. I'd go to the library, and then, like, I'm picking up, like, you know, as, uh, like, serious nonfiction books, like, for adults, you know, about the crash of Roswell or, like, Majestic 12, and it's, like, fucking 400 pages. (laughs) So it was kind of, like, hand-in-hand, like my reading progression like i would read those and i got into horror that way and it like helped me learn how to read and then like at the same time you know like i said i'm checking out these massive (laughs) books that are like written for adults and Um, you know that that was some of my fondest memories (laughs) yeah when i was a kid you couldn't get adult books from your school library at all um i mean Unless you were legally an adult, of course. <laughs> um, you know, but the city library had no such restraints. If you had a library card that didn't have restrictions on it, you could check out whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, we the the central library downtown is a fucking castle. You know, it covers an entire city block and goes up four stories and. I mean, it's just this monolithic, huge fucking building, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty damn awesome, honestly. And, and that's once I discovered that once I discovered adult books first, you know, um, mm-hmm. got past that middle grade stuff and um, started reading my dad's horror novels and <clears throat> stuff like that. And then I mm-hmm. discovered then I discovered the central library and started skipping school and shit so I could go there. Because my parents <laughs> wouldn't take me there. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, libraries even house your children sometimes, people. So you know, yeah, help them out wherever you can. <laughs> Abs- yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, um, this is a totally awkward segue. Um, but. I wanted to, I, I guess not, we could do like a segment on stuff we've uh, been enjoying lately, whether it be books, podcasts, movies, what have you. Um, and I, I've been excited to kind of tell you about this, uh, Shane, and hopefully some other mm-hmm. listeners find this interesting as well. Um, but uh, one book I want to recommend right off the bat, is nonfiction. It's um, Like Brothers, which was written by Mark Duplass and Jay Duplass. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows I'm obsessed with uh, <laughs> obsessed with their films, but this this book was so great in that it's kind of like part memoir, part you know like their early life. Um, mm. Also, like part of like how they became so successful because they kind of came up through like no budget indie movies and they've been able to build, build a career where they can kind of sustain themselves. Um, like they've worked on studio movies, but like basically they're at the point now where if they have a project that they're interested in, they can just do it. They don't have to worry about, okay, who's going to finance this movie for me. They can just do it themselves if they want to, um, which is pretty inspiring. But so it's weird. It's part like memoir. It's part like, you know, their career journey, like how they went from being artists just starting out 
to where they are now. And also just like bits of creative advice. And I want, I wanted to bring this up on the show because anybody like people are always asking for, you know, books on the craft of writing, which are important. And there's a lot of great ones that are very helpful but I also like when I read this book, I thought it was interesting because I feel like you can also read books about other art forms. In this case, you know, it's films and you can still take things out of there because a lot of the things that they talk about has to do with like creativity. And a lot of it, you know, if you look at it at first glance, it's more you know, just about filmmaking, but when you really get down to it and you see some of the things that they're saying and the way they approached certain things, if you're a writer, you could easily read this book and get a lot of great tips about, you know, how to, you know, how to flesh out your ideas, how to stimulate your creativity. Um, it's a, it's, I love this book and, you know, yeah, take it with a grain of salt because I'm yeah. a fanboy, but, and there's also, if you're somebody who's looking to get in the collaborations, um, you have to read this book because yeah. they're brothers and they're super close. And that's part of what made them great. But they also realized that it uh, it became toxic for them. Not toxic. That's the wrong word. But they realized that they became too dependent on each other. And so they kind of give you a guideline yeah. on like how to have a successful collaboration. And that, you know, the a good point you made there um i have read more about writing in books for screenwriters than i have in any other books because i discovered that they always have the most useful information <laughs> because they are they are trying to teach you how to visually tell a story yeah and it's exactly what you want to do as a fiction writer too you know only they don't tend to be teaching you how to make a movie that they've never made themselves you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 you know. and uh yeah not to hog this but just one quick thing that because it builds off great of what you said is even if you don't like their movies like you said they help you with visualizations there's a lot of sections in this book where they talk about a game that they played with each other where they would be at an airport and they would kind of just pick random strangers and then like together they would kind of hash out like this backstory. And then like the next thing you know, like as you're reading it, like it's almost like a transcript of their back and forth as you're reading it. Like they're able to just take something like just some random everyday, you know, you just see someone. Oh, and they come up with like these ideas where I'm like, holy shit, like I would watch that. I would read that. And so like, if you're, like I said, any kind of creative, definitely check it out. I think. Regardless of, you know, if you're a writer or anything, you know, regardless of your discipline, there's a lot of great tips and exercises in there. Yeah. And that's, I mean, another good thing about having close, ties to the person you're collaborating with as you get that you mm -hmm. know i mean because you have a connection you know like the Soska sisters you know yeah. who are twins they have a connection that very few collaborators could have with each other you know? yeah <laughs> you know and i think it you know a lot of people they're they're an underrated 
duo of directors and screenwriters who, you know, they get overlooked a lot, but um, the shit I've seen by them is just brutal but beautiful, you know? Mm-hmm. So, sorry, I stole your... No, no, that's cool. No, that that's perfect. Um, and, yeah, I rambled on for, like, God, like seven minutes because I'm a total fanboy of theirs so <laughs> but yeah so what uh what kind of stuff are like uh what what are you into now it could be a book anything oh it's like what do you mean what am i into <laughs> that's kind of fucking personal don't you think buddy <laughs> oh, what are I'm you into, into? <laughs> I'm into a bunch of books right now. You know how I am with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I am uh, um, reading one by Beep that you can't hit, know about yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, two of those by different people, but you can't know about. Um, but... As far as stuff that's been released, I'm kind of just giving myself a little bit of a breather read and reading uh, Peter F. Hamilton's The Temporal Void, which is a sci-fi novel I've been meaning to get to for a decade. Um, But, yeah, not much. I've been watching a lot of foreign films for review for Horror DNA. Um, I dig that. I'm kind of their unofficial Foreign, um, foreign film ambassador, you know, and I don't mean foreign language. I guess international film, mm-hmm. um, because I'm, you know, British, English, I mean British, Irish, Scottish, French. I don't care, you know. Um, I prefer yeah. most horror. I prefer from Korea, but <laughs> yeah, they've got my recipe. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But yeah, that's, I've been doing a lot of that. Um, just because it's a kick. It's a good time. And um, most of the movies that I've seen lately were really, really, really good movies. So um, I wish I had more time to do more of that. You know, I, yeah. I envy people who get paid to do shit like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. I know I know how many times on Discord I was like, you know it would be cool if we could just get like paid to, like watch movies and read books. Like, oh yeah, I had a tough day at the office. I had to watch like three movies, which you know, I know that's not I'm just saying in a fantasy world, I'm not saying that's how the actual job is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like if somebody was like, We will pay you money and you can just, you know, watch all these movies and read all of these books. Yeah. Yeah. I'd take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm saying in a fantasy world, because yeah. I know that it's like one of those things where like, you know, in the real world, someone who's like a professional critic, like I'm sure that they're like, after a while, they're like, man, I'm burnt out on doing this or oh, what. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, in the ideal world, I would be like, um, yes, please. Especially because, like, I'm always like, oh, give me this book. Give me this book. 
And then the next thing you know, it's like I'm just surrounded by towers of books, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah. man, am I gonna get to these? <laughs> See, that's my problem with that would be my problem with a job like that too, is I would undo myself. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. I got time. Sure, I got time. Sure. Oh yeah, that sounds good, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I meant to ask you. I know you did. Uh, like you said, you do the foreign films. Like, what is one that stands out in your mind? Like, kind of like one of those rapid fire gut check things. Like, what is one foreign movie you've watched that you've reviewed for hard hard DNA where you're like, yeah, this is great. People need to watch this. Oh, the one I was going to mention isn't... I didn't review for Horror DNA yet. <laughs> um, but I'll still recommend it. There's a film I watched uh, independently, God, I think last year or year before, called The Bluebird in My Heart. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, French film, if I'm remembering correctly. And that thing... I remember note for note every single fucking scene in that movie. And it was just absolutely beautifully made. It's an incredible story. Um, it's it's violent but not gory, you know. Um, it's just it's something to see. And, yeah. uh, you know, and then recently, and I know you've seen this by now. I, I can't mention the ones that I haven't reviewed yet as far as... Mm-hmm ones that are assigned but um uh the queen of black magic yeah the 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 reimagining of it rather um i really really dug that film that one really <laughs> for for fun yeah for fun value that one really stuck with me you know but um yeah that, that was a great one Actually, both of those movies I really enjoyed. Yeah. And Hunted. Hunted was a good movie. I dug that one. Oh, yeah. Same. Yeah, I, wa I watched that on your recommendation. Yeah, that was a, a different one, but um, well worth well worth the price of admission. Mm -hmm. I'm watching one in a similar frame as that right now that I watched half of last night that's... Uh, something classic only done in a very 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 unusual manner so it's fun that sounds cool and yeah. um since uh we're on the movie front i was going to tell you this on discord but then i was like oh we're doing the show tonight i watched the power on shutter last night um and all I can say is I, I cannot guarantee people's reactions other than probably yours just because we know each other so well. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's, it is a great, great, great movie. Um, it's out on Shudder now. Um, it's directed by um, – she had done other work for, like, uh, TV, I believe, and, like, short films. But this was her first feature film. Um, it was directed by uh, Corinna Faith, uh -huh. um, and for people who haven't seen it on Shutter yet, um, it takes place in the 70s in London, 
And, um, you know, they do kind of like a quick title card thing where they're bracing for, like, electrical blackouts. And there's a young woman who's a nurse trainee named Belle, and she shows up at, at like, a a hospital sort of thing. Um, And you can tell that she's kind of got, like, something in her past that they don't really tell. And, you know, it's a very – I liked it because it's kind of – you know, we watch all kinds of crazy shit sometimes. <laughs> this is like a, a very atmospheric, like classic ghost story. Mm-hmm. And it relies a lot on dread and like atmosphere. So if people are looking for like, you know, all out batshit crazy stuff, they might enjoy it. But what I will say is it's not like a total slow movie. Like they, build on the atmosphere and then there's a couple scenes like in this movie where they just like punch things up and it's super creepy and it's that much more effective definitely that's the thing that when i go looking for when i go looking for that kind of you know what you talked about that you know balls to the wall you know insane shit i i look for that in action movies i don't yeah, with, same here. <laughs> with horror movies and most horror reads, um, I prefer the slow burn. I, I prefer to be viewing a story, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm watching it, when I'm watching a horror film. Um, otherwise, it's just fucking gimmicky to me. You know, it's, it's like a it's like a fucking Halloween haunted house where you don't even have to get your ass up out of your chair, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and it's like, why the fuck would I want to waste my time on this shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be to be fair, I I do like some of those movies, mm-hmm. like depending on what mood I'm in. But yeah, especially if you are into that kind of stuff, you're gonna love this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there were some aspects, and it's not really like spoilery, like where I'm like, okay, it was kind of like jump scary, but it wasn't like in the traditional way where you're like, yeah. this is bullshit. <laughs> like, and like, and I was like, if they keep doing that, like, eh. but they just do it a couple of times. Mm. But then like when they build to some of this other stuff, like the fact that they did such a great job with like just the dread in the atmosphere, when those moments come up that are like, you know, really intense, like it's really intense. I fucking loved it. And it's one of those movies where, you know, people's mileage may vary, but for me, like I watch this and I'm like, okay, Corinna faith. And then like dash, we'll watch every movie she releases. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, I'm going to check it out possibly tonight after I finish this other one. Mm. Um, but I am going to ask for closing remarks now because Absolutely. Um, no worries. It's funny take, because I have to take a leak, to be honest with you, mostly. But it's <laughs> it's funny. I was going to say that as a joke, too. I was like, uh, yeah, I just realized I made it through this whole episode. And I'm like, <laughs> I really don't know how for how much further I'm going to go. But uh, as far as closing remarks, um yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. I love doing these uh, solo episodes, and it's funny because like we did some recommendations and stuff, and 
you know, some randomness. But like we had a, I really enjoyed um, like talking about poetry and stuff with you um, just because you know a lot about it. And um, yeah, I definitely, I had a lot of fun. It was great having you back on the show. And I think we should um, schedule some more uh, poets on the show um, in some of our upcoming slots, which I know is something that you uh, really wanted to do. But I think that'd be cool. Yes, I'd love to do that. That that will happen as we get a little bit more caught up on our schedule. (laughs) Yeah. Looking to that more. Um, Mm -hmm. At least for me, I'd like to spread that out. We've got some good poets out there waiting for attention, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so no, I can't think of anything. I, I'm glad to be back. Uh, like I said, just kind of getting my wheels back under me, you know. Um, and so this is a perfect way to do that because I'm not afraid of you, Duncan. <laughs> and you know what? I'm glad to hear you say that, Herb. <laughs> And on that note. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's been great. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, thanks for uh, listening, all 14 of you. That's what I'm guessing this time. We've gone up a couple. <laughs> uh, I think um, by the time, well, yeah, see, no, no sense in announcing shit to you that you'll already know about, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wait they'll already know i'm in the future holy shit uh, good night everybody ah <laughs> oh, good night is somebody gonna hang the fucking thing <laughs> <laughs>